Hey, g'day. G'day. Welcome back to the studio. Thanks. Um, are you going to give me a key soon so I don't have to knock on the door with a... As the listeners would know, and they probably agree with me, keeping you out of here <laughs> yeah, that's has true. to be part of the deal. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> when you signed the lease, then it, well, there was a strict code, and I believe that I would not have been mentioned in anything or you wouldn't no. have got given the lease. Yeah, someone who dresses like they're planning on squatting in the place. That's <laughs> <laughs> true, that's true. She's always wearing the same clothes. Yeah. <laughs> Surely she's homeless. Yes, and that is a plan. There's a big couch here and I want to sleep on it one you day. You would fit on it. that couch. I can, just fit like, on the, I can sleep on this chair that I'm on. Just I got the couch big enough for yourself but also for guests. Yeah, well, you've done well. Guests that we've got coming in today, I'm pretty excited about. I'm very excited and I normally know a little bit more about the people we're bringing on or I do a lot more research, but I thought there's so much stuff in this gentleman's life yeah, that I'm not going to be able to get my head around it all without him being here. So I just basically took... A Mel approach. Yeah, I just, I just, you did I just the, took I'm, the fifth on that. I'm just, just, <laughs> I'm just going to do the Mel naive approach. Fly on the wall style. And just fly on the wall style. So the man is Chris Maney and the real reason, like he's an impressive dude. The reason that I got him on is because he's part of a very cool cause at the moment. He's an ambassador for Terry's Big Bearded Ball Drop. That's Terry's Big Bearded Ball Drop. For people that are listening are like, what was that? (laughs) Yeah. um, It's it's a bit of a mouthful. (laughs) Yeah, righto. (laughs) Continue on. (laughs) Anyway, I've, I've got so many questions for him and I doubt I'm going to get all the answers that I want. Yeah. Today, I want an answer to obviously the cause that he's part yeah. of, but I want to know about Chris's businesses, which you've seen so many, but also his beard. Yes, yes, his it's, beard, his beard could be a business in itself. Yeah. You know how you've mentioned in the past whether you're impressed or intimidated. Yeah, I'm pretty intimidated by the potential of this man's beard being in the studio here and making me feel like it. An underbearded human. I believe that when he walks in the door, the first thing that will enter will be his beard. (laughs) (laughs) So on that note, let's get him in here. Something that his beard doesn't have is coffee spilt all through it. It's going to be a clean first into the room beard. beard. You can support our show by going to supportpunchingsideways.com or buymeacoffee.com slash Joshua C. Liston. Thank you for the people that donated coffees for the Bernadette episode. Aww. We had a few coffees come in straight away after posting that, which oh, is cool. bloody amazing. Yeah, thanks, guys. Pretty much like Chris and Chris's beard. Bloody amazing. Bloody amazing. Let's do it. Welcome to Punching Sideways. Welcome, Chris Maney. Thank Hi. you for coming in. Welcome, Chris. Thank yeah, you for thank joining you us. guys. It's uh, good to be here. I love this little space you've got here. Very relaxing and uh, you've got some pretty good technology around the place. You look good in that chair. You look I've, very good. I've, they're good chairs. I feel comfortable in this chair. <laughs> you look good in... I'm going to come back here for lunch sometime. Yeah. I like how he's given the chair a compliment. It's not the <laughs> fantastic hair and beard. Well, having said that, I met you, Chris... At an open mic, do you remember? Yeah, that's gone back a back a while. So yeah, yeah, and you left an immediate impression on me. So for anyone that's listening at the moment who doesn't know who Chris Maney is, you may have seen like this glorious waving beard walking around Aubrey Wodonga, and it's got a handlebar mustache and a swept back like kinicky thing going on at the top of your head. It's amazing. And I saw you at an open mic night I was hosting and because of your beard, I held an impromptu That's right, you did. Beard yeah, off. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, can I ask the most pertinent question now that I'm in presence of the beard? Yeah, you can notice it, hey. It's reasonably prominent. <laughs> did anyone even challenge challenge the beard? I made people challenge. Yeah, was, there, had, was there any realistic competition? Yeah, we that? had some good healthy uh, competition that night, I think, Mel, didn't we? There was, actually. It was one of those nights where I was looking around and I was like, oh, my God, there's beers everywhere tonight. There was Coldwell Jones. There was um, – you had a mate there as well. There was like 12 different beards. Mm. And 
me, I love people that are not afraid to exhibit personality and just own it. So I was super excited. I was running around like getting, I was like, Evan, Evan was like running St. Ives at the time. I was like, I'm having a beard competition and I'm having a prize and I'm going to, I know this is supposed to be an open mic night, but we're we're doing a beard <laughs> off. And I don't think you wanted to actually, you were out eating your tea and I really wanted you in it because you were like the glory to me. Um, and I sort of just made you, I think. That's all right. It's all, it's all a good bearded fun. It was a good bearded fun. And out of that... I've always kept you in my little secret squirrel head of what <laughs> what I can what can I hit up Chris for again in the future. And next out of that, a little segue which you don't even know about, was I did a photo shoot in your bar. Oh, right. For two fingers when um when Heavy Revy and that had their band That's, as well. I was thinking today and just not to detour us at all, but it's in line yeah. with Mel's story. I was thinking, because I hadn't actually realised just how beautiful the inside design and the aesthetic is of your the whiskey bar. It's amazing. Two fingers. Two fingers. Gentlemen's bar and whiskey. I saw a picture, basically just the Facebook cover photo today, and I was like, it was tickling something in my brain. Of It looks so fantastic. I remember thinking this about something else I've looked at in the past, and it was the photos that their band did. Yeah. Yeah, so so we did a photo shoot in there. I'd yeah, never, I don't right. think I'd met you then. Because I figured they must have done those good. in Melbourne. Because yeah, I, right. I knew nothing that looked like that around here. <laughs> well, it's quite a little exclusive space, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And we've had quite a few people do, um, you know, approach us and do photographs down there. And um, I, 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 I like having people come to that space and do that because that's sort of the reason why we created it. So to have people to come to me and say, hey, we want to do a a photo shoot for some clothing or we've got a, a band release or, you know, we've done a lot of, you know, bucks parties or wedding parties in there and the guys will come in there in the morning and, you know, have a couple of drinks and uh, get some beautiful photos done. And one of the photos actually hanging on the wall was um, done by Jason Robbins in, in Wodonga and it won a silver award down in Melbourne. So, yeah, we we like our little space. And we love the nitty-gritty of things. So can you just tell us yeah. how many iterations, whether of the design or did you see something in your own experience traveling to other bars where you thought, yeah. I could do, if I did this and this and they were mixed together? Yeah, look, it, it sort of was a work in progress over two years. So it was something we didn't just come up with overnight, put down on plans and have a commercial bill to go, this is what we want. It was, I've, I've traveled, I've lived overseas, I've, I've spent three and a half years in, in the UK. So I'd been to a lot of, you know, English pubs and I've been through Europe. So I sort of had an idea in my head of what I wanted. And when we started the renovation, it was sort of a step-by-step process. And at the end of the day, we'd sit back with a beer and have a look at, you know, what had, what we'd achieved and we're, okay, we'll do this and we'll do that. So it didn't, it was a sort of like an oil painting in the in the making. You'd do a little bit, you'd step back at the end of the week or the day and, and go, oh, we'll change that, we'll change that. And we just, I didn't try and overthink things. I just tried to let them come to me. And, you know, along the way, we'd collect little bits and pieces from op shops and, um, you know, church church auctions and all sorts of, uh, you know, little knickknacks that we gathered along the way. So that's sort of probably what made it as organic as it is. And it's um, that's probably what stands out in people's minds when they walk in the door. They go, well, what is it about this place? Well, it's it's... You know the lighting; it's the smell of the fire. It's the it's appealing to all of your senses, not just two or three of your senses. So, tell me this: what was the hardest thing to source, and what's your favourite thing in there? That's a good Ooh, one. that is a good one. So, probably I would say uh, the hardest thing to source was our coffee machine, our beautiful oh, really? Electra Balapoc, and. I had my roaster in Melbourne uh, looking for ages and I sort of had a vision in my head and I don't know whether it was from another life or whatever, but I just had a vision in my head of what I wanted to go with all the timber and, you know, people have shown me, you know, three group horizontal machines and I'm like, eh, it's going to take too much of the bar away and then he sent me a brochure from um, some guys in Melbourne that have got a... a um, 
a, a beautiful business, and uh, they actually had imported this machine from it was from the Milan Coffee Expo, uh, and it was a centerpiece in their in their business. And he sent me the brochure, and I saw it, and I just fell in love. I'm like the supermodels just walked into the room. Yeah. You know, I'd seen all these other <laughs> yeah. catwalk coffee machines come yeah. along the catwalk, and just the mainstream. And, catwalk. and when that, I turned that page, I'm like, whoa! And <laughs> yeah. So look, it was probably three times what we're looking at spending, but yeah. I just it had to be in our in our world. So um, yeah, we we managed to do a pretty pretty good deal with them, and that's that's probably yeah, it was sort of our little bit of pride and joy that is. Um, it really fits into the place very well. People go, oh, is that you? You know, that, it looks like a still. They think it's because it's whiskey bar. Yeah. They go, is that your still? It's, it's like, really no, it's a cool. coffee machine. So, do you, do you ever mess with people and tell them it is? Sometimes, yeah. yeah especially and then, if, and then yeah. you give them a shot and they're like, especially well, it tastes a lot like coffee. Yeah, especially if they've had a few drinks. It's <laughs> even more fun. Yeah. Do you know what a really good thing about something that looks that aesthetically pleasing? It actually makes amazing coffee. Yeah, as well. It, it does. It's, and yeah. it's not bitter. It's smooth. You don't need sugar. I'm like a real sweet tooth. And the first time I tasted one there, I was like, oh, there's none of that aftertaste or anything. It's just beautiful. Yeah, Granted, great you have great staff as well who make it. Yeah, we've got a couple of great guys and, and girls um, with uh, that are baristas and we've, we get our coffee out of Melbourne every week. So I've got a really good relationship with my roaster in Melbourne. Yeah, it's really good. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's fantastic to so tie all that together. That was your favourite or the hardest to get or both? No, that's his that hardest, hardest to get. Probably the, the, the thing I procrastinated most about um, – yeah, I would say would would have been the coffee machine. Um, well, it's pretty much the centre of activity the entire mm, time you're open, isn't it? Yeah, for sure. So no, we we're um, we're very happy with that, and it was it was uh, yeah probably probably the hardest and and most you know, biggest decision or longest winded decision that we we had. Yeah. And the favourite. When you walk in there, what makes you go, geez, I'm happy we did that? I, I, I think we're very lucky when we when we renovated the place, it had a, an open fire in there. So that's that's probably one of my faves. Having Was the, that a consideration to maybe block that up or was it oh, always going to? No, not really. It had it had been boarded up when we, um, when we took over the lease and the chimney had been knocked over when they re-roofed. So we had to rebuild the chimney. Uh, obviously, you know, it's a great fire. It works well. Yeah, we we rebuilt the mantle and um, yeah, so that's having that as inside a, a premise in in Albury. I don't think you know anyone else has got a an open fire, um, so it was fantastic to have that already there and just basically re um, you know restore it. So yeah, that's probably and 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 the private room I guess is probably the when we have people through, we've got a hidden for those of, for those of you that don't know. Coming to two fingers, there's a little secret. So we've got a. Is that a, where people keep disappearing to, and I think they're going to the toilet for a really long time. Yeah, that's right. Oh, <laughs> I don't know about it. We have a, we have I a love little, a secret room story. Let's do it. We have a little hidden room behind our bookshelf. So if you happen to be in two fingers and you haven't seen it, but yeah, we like to sort of show people through cool. and go, hey, this is what we do. And, and we sort of leave that to the last to go, but wait, there's more. Yes. And do you have like a little lever? We did. Lever we did. Book? We did think of that, but um, <laughs> no, we've just got a, uh, the door just opens. Um, we'll have to, you know. Can we'll, I, can I ask a question to follow on from Mel's question? Yeah, sure. What is the book on the bookshelf that people pick up most? Ah, well, that's, that's very Cause interesting. Because I'm a massive reader. Oh, which Mel, I'm a, well, that's, books. that's, that's. Really interesting because for my thirtieth birthday party, I made. I was big so into, last year. Well, I was big into <laughs> Austin Powers at the time, so um, a mate of mine, um, he um, rebranded a book. Uh, and for those of you that are familiar with um, Austin Powers movies, yes, there's a book called Swedish Swedish Penis Pumps and Me. <laughs> and so he uh, rebranded this book, yeah. and it's a picture of me holding. Uh, uh, a device, and it's me, Chris Maney, uh, Swedish penis pumps me. So we've just got that <laughs> cleverly uh, hidden behind amongst some of the other books there. So yeah, people get a bit of a laugh when they it's actually amazing. know who I am and they see that, and and it's actually me without a beard as well. So if you oh. if you want to get a picture with me without a beard, you need to come and have a look at that book and. It's yeah. uh, me with a, a few less kilos and uh, without a beard. <laughs> the the no beard thing. I had someone at work say to me the other, I'm very rarely clean shaven, but my beard's never as epic as yours. Never will be either. 
I had someone say to me, because I got a haircut last week, and they're like, did you get another haircut? And it was a serious, because he stared at me for about 10 seconds, one of my managers. He's like, what's different about you? Like, I'm clean shaven for the first time in six months. (laughs) So if they're thinking that about me, would you be able to walk out on the street now without a beard and have people not know who you are? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, for (laughs) sure. Yeah, and um, you know, a lot of people say, oh, you should shave it off. And I'm like, no. Nah, Who are these people, so. these crazy sometimes, people? Sometimes my wife actually says, oh, I want to see your face again. I'm like, I'll show you a few photos and just remind you of what that double chin looked like. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's it because you can easily, and I know, I can easily hide an extra five. Yeah. <laughs> when I've got a, if I shave, I'm like, oh, you're still heavy, Josh. <laughs> so maybe it's a good way to make you accountable for what your life choices are if you save, shave your beard off. It's good to know how much of an impact my beard was making, where they thought I'd trimmed a tiny bit of hair off top. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Now, a few of your other, you're an entrepreneurial man. I'm just looking at you and just impressed. How do you say it? Poseidon? Poseidon Distributors, yeah. Now, did that come out of um, a need within the COVID situation? Not really. That was um, that came about before. So we're distributing um, barber products, beard oils, um, hair pomades to other – so through our through our first business, um, it was Doll Hut to start with, then Dude Hut – but we were we were bringing products in from the US and using them in the shop and some of those products weren't available here in Australia so we created a business a platform to be able to sell products to other barber shops which enabled us to buy you know larger quantities at, at better prices and and cement some good contracts so that's a big part of our business we do a lot of stuff online as well as um as just the haircutting and and dude hut and so through that, so it was, it was predominantly built around um, the barbering products, but then when when COVID hit, we uh, we we've got a relationship with Coral Whiskey Distillery, and they do our they do our house whiskey for us, and we've got their range of whiskeys. So when COVID hit, and I went down, I thought, oh, we better better have some sanitizer in the shop, and I saw what Dean. Druce was doing down there. I was just amazed. Like the function center was transformed into a production line. They had pallets of of plastic containers, and they had every staff member at hand. You know, putting labels on bottles, pouring bottles. And I just walked into this this venue that had changed from a function center to a production line, and I'm like, "Whoa, what are you doing?" I'm. He's like, "I know, it's it's crazy." So I said, "Man, do you need a hand?" And he's like. No, 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 we're right. So I sold out the first day. I went down, I got a whole heap of stock and I come back and we sold out. I went down the next day and brought twice as much and we sold that out. And then that on that second time down, he said, uh, you know what, can you can you give us a hand? So through that, we did, you know, um, quite a lot of distribution for him. We ran, you know, ran to Melbourne, Sydney, Adelaide. Um, so that sort of grew that side. That's been a bit of a, you know, a bit of a wave, bit of a, it, it's, it's now that, you know, China's caught up with production. Unfortunately, people aren't buying Australian-made products. You know, as much as it sort of saddens us to go, well, hey, we're doing, we've got a local product right here on our doorstep, you know, and you walk into Bunnings and you look, pick up a hand sanitizer, and, you know, the price of our stuff went from, you know, being, it, it was it was great, and then we pick up other product and we go, where's it made? It's made in China, and we don't even know that it's actually got the right ingredients in it. So yeah, look, that was that's just I guess you know production and and um, and so that was that was sort of short lived, but that was a bit of fun and that was great to get some local you know product out there. We still we still have the sanitizer there and it's it's going well, but you know as the rest of the world cut up with production and and the Chinese said no, you can't buy bottles of us anymore because everything that's coming out of China has to be filled with sanitizer. <laughs> we couldn't get any. Can I just ask one thing? Just before Mel, because I can tell your question's important and mine is definitely not. Have you ever just realised that you've been saying something wrong your whole life? Oh, I just assumed it was pronounced, is it pomade? Pomade, yeah. What did you call it? Oh, pomade, yeah. Pomade. I've just been saying it wrong my whole life. I've just realised that I'm like, I'm usually okay with words, <laughs> but I've been miffing that one. Well, obviously Back it's not up on your scale of um, hair care products. Oh, just because I follow a couple of young barbers that I used to teach guitar. 
Yeah, and okay. They, and some of them have promote things on their Instagram yeah. or whatever. And I've been thinking about that word incorrectly. Uh, yeah, I think it depends on where you come from too. So, Could you just explain to people what that is? Because there was a few things in there you said that maybe not aren't familiar with people. But yeah, what that, so we, what we've that got so some of the products we've got. So um, beard oil's pretty um, pretty mainstream. It's been around for a long time. So, you know, essential oils scented so you can run those in your beard to nourish your beard, make it, you know, look a bit shinier. We've got beard butters now that are conditioners, uh, beard balms that have conditioning oils and they've got a bit of wax in them. So they're more of a styling product. So they'll help your beard calm all the, the flyaway hairs like and yours, a bit Chris. more like a hair pomade for your, for your beard, so yeah. to speak. How does a bearded person know that they do or don't need an oil? Or a you always need something. Same with your yeah, hair. Yeah, look, I, I've spoken to a lot of guys with beards over the years, and some guys, ah, no, no, don't. I'm just natural. <laughs> I've had it since I was 16, and that's cool. And that's it's your beard. You can do with it what you what you choose. But you know, <laughs> it is nice to have it looking well groomed and um, and smelling good, healthy. And you know, if you're getting a little bit itch on your skin, then some of these products will help with your uh, your skin condition underneath your beard as well. Okay, um, so really everyone that's got facial hair should have some. They should, and they should buy it off me. Do you know, I'll tell you <laughs> a, a little a little, like a little, segue. I uh, used to be with a guy, well, I wasn't with him initially, and he had a beard, right? And I was terrified of kissing him with that beard because I thought it was going to scratch my whole face yeah, off. Yeah, right. And after I kissed him, I was like, oh, it's actually really soft. It was so soft because he looked after it, like you were saying. And I think there's, from a female perspective, the consensus may be if you haven't touched someone's beard that's as lovely as you, Chris, and you may have delved into maybe a Josh's type beard, that they are really abrasive and like hardcore. Mm. But I, 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 I oil. I do oil. You do? So, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. But I, not at the level of a professional bearded no, no. person. But So... There's hair, there's hair care involved, and it looks like you've made an effort. And thank you for making an oh, effort for and, us and as well. And brushing and and just uh, yeah, your normal, um, yeah, the normal stuff you do with you it. You brush so. that. You brush, yeah, you brush. So is that with yeah. a special comb? Brushing special. Yeah, we've got some uh, bore bristle brushes that uh, we we bring in from the US, and they're uh, yeah, they're the best. So anti-static. You don't want any plastic in there, so you don't want to want to put any static. Does in that your just beard. make it fluff up and look silly or? Yeah, yeah, if you get static in there, so you, you definitely don't want to use plastic. And we've got some bone. The other thing you use is like a bone comb. So if you if you don't want to use a brush, you can use a comb, but bone's best for that. So I, um, I'm feeling very ashamed about my lack of own hair care now <laughs> when I'm listening to everything that you do yeah. to yours. I had a trainer that I used to work with who would have been 65, and also this might be where my love of like people owning their beard come from and he used to have a little comb in his pocket and he'd pull it out like at half time or whatever like Kaniki on grease and just sit there and do his <laughs> mow and his beard and it was amazing. That's great. Absolutely amazing. Now my question back to the or segging into That's two tangents. Yeah, ago. two tangents <laughs> was coral whiskey were great in COVID times, um, where they innovated and started using their distillery, absolutely, yep, to make hand sanitizer because we were in such short yep. demand. And initially, it was sort of aimed at the professionals, you know, the vets, the hospitals, yeah. And that's you know the, the primary reason because these places were running out of it; they didn't have it, so the hospitals didn't have it. So it was a, a real need to get it into those areas. And as as they got supplies, it then filtered down to the general punters and um, which was great you know it's 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 fantastic that they did that that they had that foresight and they were probably one of the first ones to do it and after they did it a lot of the other you yeah. know distilleries Copycats. gone hey that's a good idea yeah. and that's fine and yeah. that's you've got a you know the the all of a sudden their business was taken away so you have to start to diversify and go well how else are we going to survive you know so they did a very good job of that and um and I, I was very proud to be part of that with them and and help them along and you know I know I'm probably about to sorry Chris You're I'm right. probably about to tangent us again but I I love the nitty gritty of things so it might bore the listeners to death when I ask questions like this but were they using an existing stock of 
basically and, and, where and, did and, the and initially they they were but it grew so quickly overnight that they needed to keep their stills going for their whiskey production yeah uh they had to then source the alcohol from a from another supplier and they would blend on site so they, they it grew so quickly that yeah it wasn't viable anymore to do it with the existing stills so it was Better off to keep them for uh, whiskey production. And okay, did you ever incredible. accidentally have a shot of that instead of the whiskey at the bar? Well, you would want to water it down, <laughs> um, but it's, essentially, it's pretty, pretty yeah, essentially you could. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah. So that just amazes me that not only did the team and obviously yourself being involved, not only did you ramp up what they already had, but they actually took the production even further to start bringing in extra material. Just pretty uh, much, yeah putting their own endeavours to a certain degree on the back burner because obviously when you brew it, when you're making whiskey you're thinking Long multiple years in the future mm. so for them you know they still could have been putting all that effort on, on some level into things for the future but they were looking at the immediate situation in the area which is pretty bloody amazing really and you know it went out some pretty big punters you know ANZ Bank Toyota and and Sydney it was going to these multi corporate you know businesses wow. that yeah. was was pretty astounding to see that we had a product like that on our on our doorstep that was going to you know these national corporates <laughs> sounds like someone we need to talk to yeah, at does, some point. Um, one more quick business. Well, it's probably not a quick business for you. Thirteen cabs, yeah. as well. That's a new one. So that's a new one. Yeah, that's a new one for us. So we, did you just have too much spare time? Or oh well, I I uh, I'd been with Malibu Boats for sixteen years, so that was um, and you know we had the businesses. Martina, my wife, you know, we've had the businesses for, you know, probably, well, you know, 20 odd years, but sort of seriously in, in town with, um, and sort of probably over the last five, three to five years, I've been looking at, you know, that transition from me working full time in my career job to now transitioning into our business, you know, and yep. I was probably doing around a hundred hours a week when I was at Malibu and then in our business and, I'm probably still doing 120 now, but, but it's but, yours. But it's for me, you know. Yeah. So uh, it it came to the time where um, my American boss was going back, and and I just thought, you know, I just turned 50, and I'm like, yeah, you know what? I think the time is right for me now. So yeah, and it feels really good to be, you know, working on on our own stuff now, and and you know, uh, so the one three cabs thing was was it came about um, around. I'd resigned in November. We had the opportunity to buy into that franchise. We brought a car in the December. Uh, I, I left my job in, in February. And so it's just been a perfect stepping stone for me to do a few hours in the car. I can It's given me the flexibility. I can work in the business. And it's a bit of a you know supplement to the bar. We can we can pick, pick some of our friends up, drop them off. Say, yeah. Uh, so look, it's been it's been good. And look, I tell you what, I've really enjoyed uh, my hours behind the wheel. It's, really? it's something I haven't done, you know. Before I've been an engine guy, and I'm a I'm a motorhead, so I, I build engines and race car engines. And I was in racing for twenty years, and then boats for another sixteen. And I I enjoy meeting people. And every time you get someone in the cab. You just don't know what you're going to get. It's like a bit like a mixed lolly bag. <laughs> so you just don't know. You're going to get, you know, some old lady that wants to go shopping and she needs her help with the bags or yeah. some young kid that wants to be dropped off to school or some drunk guy that you pick up from the pub. So everyone you pick up, it's it's a journey for me and I, I, I love uh, you just don't know and enjoying that conversation. And some people just don't want to talk. That's fine. That's cool. And other people want to open up and tell you their life story. So I've, I've really enjoyed that side of things, it's been um, quite enjoyable. You know, there's been days I've dropped people off and I've just laughed. I've parked the car <laughs> and I've literally just laughed and gone, man, I wish I had that on film. <laughs> and I love that. I used to be pretty close with the owner of Soden through the mid-2000s. I was the entertainment manager and I saw their family. You can very easily dedicate every one of those 120 hours to a bar. Mm. if you allow it to happen and it becomes your entire existence. Yep. So you've obviously got something that you're getting joy out of driving, but you're also able to just by necessity of having to go elsewhere, 
you're actually giving yourself some separation from a business that can be a 24-hour-a-day sort of thing. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and we're lucky. We've got some really good staff, you know, some really good crew down there at Two Fingers and at Dude Hut. And for me, it's a little bit of escape. You jump in the car and you just do something completely different for a while. And I think it's equally as important for the business to be able to stand on its own two feet, you know, without the boss having to be there each and every day. Correct. They, they, you need to let them run. You need to let them make a few mistakes. You need to just give them guidance. But hey, we need. It has to be viable without you. Your yeah. Physical yeah, presence, that's right. We need it? time away. You know, we need to get away for the weekend and shoot off to Melbourne or shoot to Sydney and, and feel like we can do that and, and the business can operate well by itself in the background. You know, otherwise, it's you're just making a rod for your own back that is going to be too hard to handle. So it's. Um, you know, we, and and you just surround yourself with good good people. If you can get good people and you look after them, you pay them well and give them some good conditions and make it a fun environment to work. And I think you know that's the best you can do. So, what good life advice? Now, yeah. one of the reasons, basically, I like you anyway, but I really wanted to get you on because as soon as I saw that you're an ambassador for Terry's big bearded ball drop. My brain went all tangents. <laughs> um, obviously, you're a great ambassador for a beard, but, and I don't know about the balls dropping bit or anything like that, like you have a deep voice, I get that, <laughs> but um, it actually doesn't mean any of that, does it? No, well, it is about Terry. It's yep. about balls. It's about dropping. It's yep. got nothing to do just with, not where my nothing, brain went. Nothing to do with okay. teenage boys. Yeah, but yeah. Look, on a serious note, it's um, it's 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 pretty cool. It's it's an initiative to um, raise money for the Albury Wodonga Regional Cancer Centre, and it was it was set up by a fellow called Terry. That Terry actually uh, was diagnosed with skin cancer, and he's only given six weeks to live. Uh, and through the help of the regional um, Cancer Centre here, which is um, it's the only one outside of outside of cities. Melbourne. So yeah. you know, otherwise these people would have to travel down to yeah travel down to Melbourne for treatment. And um, you know, there's I think three hundred patients daily go through that facility there in Albury, and there's fifteen hundred new cases um, diagnosed uh, annually. So it's important that you know we all as a community get behind. Uh, get behind it and what Terry's done is fantastic and it's done through bearded ambassadors so he's picked bearded guys to go hey let's let's go raise some money for this so we're pretty proud to be uh you know behind it and we sort of asked the community to so far we've raised seventy seven thousand dollars uh we're aiming at 200k by uh 21st of November this year so we sort of need to get it cranked up and um you know Every little bit helps. So if it's only just $5, that's okay. That's cool. All right. Tell me this. I'm going to interrupt you because I've got questions. Yep. So what what in it about this cause made you go, I really want to get around this? I think uh, it's just nice to be able to help the community and, um, yep. you know, uh, be part of something like that. That Now I've got the time to do this sort of stuff. Like yeah. when I was at Malibu and when I had a, you know, that sort of job I didn't, but now I can go, yeah, you know what? I've got time to do that now. And, and you've got and platforms. Yeah, 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 that's right. And we've got some great, you know, social media stuff that we do. And so I said, yeah, I'd, I'd love to be on board with that. I was approached and, and they said, look, would you like to be an ambassador for it? I said, yeah, I would. I'd love to do that. The time's right for me to give back a bit to um, the community. And, and I think, you know, what they're doing is great to be able to raise some money for some, you know, new equipment and and just pu- public awareness as well as much of anything else. Yeah, it's a, it's a great resource that the region of Albury Wodonga has, and it wasn't always there. Like I, my brother, he had a melanoma on the top of his foot actually, and he had to go down to Melbourne to get it cut off, and he had to get a skin graft and his lymph nodes taken out and everything. And you're right, there is that extra commute on top of already a traumatic time. That's right. And that all creates, you know, extra stress. Yep. And, you Your know, family cost. can't be around you necessarily. Um, so to be able to have something like that so close to where we live is we're incredibly fortunate. And anything I agree that we can go and put towards helping these resources get every, even better is just amazing. Now, I've seen a story 
on their Facebook page. I've been following the Facebook page of a girl called Brie. And she has the most amazing outlook on life. Yeah, it's just incredible, really. I don't think I've ever seen anything quite like like her in terms of how positive she was. She is. Uh, she's from Benalla, school captain, then had a lump on her neck and it was cancer. And she just talks about it in such a positive way of how, you know, I've learnt so much from this experience. Everyone at the Cancer Centre has been great and supportive and I've been able to do it there and we spend all this time. And she's taken it as a real life journey and something that she can take and share and help other people sort of grow as well. Um, So can you tell us what's involved in this big ball drop? Right, so what what they're doing is uh, it's a helicopter drop, so there'll be – Golf balls dropped. So you, as part of the, you can just donate yep. or you can buy a golf ball. And then the helicopter goes up at the Benalla uh, showgrounds, drops the golf balls, and whoever's close to the pin, they win a $10,000 shopping spree. And there's supplementary prizes as well. They, we're hoping to, um, with with COVID, hopefully the the... The laws will relax a little bit by then. If we can, you know, if we can get a crowd along there, would be fantastic, you know, and and a bit of a function afterwards. So hopefully that will go ahead. That's still to be announced at this stage, but the helicopter drops certainly going to go ahead. It'll be it'll be uh, filmed and it will be streamed uh, regardless. But yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll hopefully we can get a crowd along there and uh, make it a bit of a spectacle. I want to go in the helicopter. Of course you do. Just <laughs> <laughs> all of that. Like obviously, well, the name, all, all the that inf- making more sense. All now. that information is important, but my brain wants to go in the helicopter straight away, like a big shiny thing in front of me now. Chris, there's how many? Do you know how many people are involved with this? Because I imagine that you know it sounds like a sort of simple thing to happen, but I, I imagine that there is a lot of people that have jumped on board. I think there's about seventy bearded ambassadors currently, so. Can anyone be an ambassador? Uh, yeah, look, I'm sure if you go on the website and contact them through that and you're prepared to do a bit of fundraising, um, yeah, the more the merrier, you know. if, if um, What if I can't grow a beard? Well, there's there's uh, actually some of the girls are actually – Trying of girls. to grow a beard. Do you have beard growing well, there's, 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 promad there's, at your um, – <laughs> Well, we've got beard growth tablets we could sell. Really? Maybe yeah. I Such should – supplements. Do you know Suddenly what? you've got a tuft of leg hair just <laughs> – Maybe yeah, we've got, we've got a few of the girls on board with uh, best fake beard. So uh, yeah, okay. I think one girl's got a, a Vegemite beard that she puts oh, on. Gosh. That's on her Facebook page. And well, then uh, yeah, right. she I deserves think, to win a prize. I think yeah. there might be a crocheted beard as well. Oh, so the girls are getting pretty creative with their beards, which is good to see. Maybe, uh, well, maybe I should just jump on board and try some of your beard tablets. <laughs> <laughs> See whether something. What's the turnaround? What sort of product is this, Chris? Can I grow a beard before November twenty-one when this ball drop happens? Um, with the strength of just start rubbing some of that special hand sanitizer in you your face, the whiskey sanitizer. To be honest, when I look at your beard, Chris, I just wonder how often you sit there and just fondle it yourself. I've been. Kind of miming doing that yeah, in my head myself. Just, <laughs> yeah, it's a bit of a relaxing it's thing. Relaxing. I do. I do find myself. Um, yeah, it's, deep it's, in it's thought. A, Is it deep, deep in thought? thought. Yeah, it gets, and a, just... gets a bit of a stroke when I'm deep in Speaking thought. Speaking yeah. of <laughs> deep in thought, before we get back into silly territory again, one thing that the event being in Benalla hit home for me yeah. was the true scope of the cancer centre. You think about it because there was a little bit of cross border back and forward about yeah. funding and it felt like a very Aubrey Wodonga centric mm-hmm. build and enterprise and you know basically health service but Benalla is still twice as close to Aubrey than it is to Melbourne for yeah. example and it puts it into perspective just how many not just geographically how big an area that the center impacts mm. and one thing that occurs to me is that I guess cuz I was a bit sensitive to it growing up cuz I for me my mum would have probably been someone who would have went there instead of going for six weeks at a time to Melbourne for radiation therapy in the 90s if the centre existed then. There was so much press about it getting built 
and there was so much lead time involved in and conversations and funding requests and backwards and forwards, will it happen, won't it happen, how's it going to happen? I think that particularly from the local media, for example, there really isn't a lot of coverage for the fact that it still has to run every day. Mm. It didn't just suddenly appear and then everything's perfect. It needs yeah. funding and support uh, yeah, and absolutely. continuous community yeah. effort to keep mm. something like that viable. And also, like, when all of us have been locked in, people still have cancer. Absolutely. People That's still just need treating. Yeah, it's as unrelenting as time. So. Yeah. Yep. And even more so, I think, in the times that we've all just been through, that supportive network at a cancer centre might be the only contact mm really that a lot of those patients get. Absolutely. So having something like that just so close is, like you said, Josh, very important and underrated. I won't say, I won't name any names, but I was speaking to someone recently who, it's non-cancer related medical problems, but they had two contemporaneous physical issues that both could only be sorted out in Melbourne. There's sick people that had to do that during this period. You don't really think about the fact that there's a whole heap of people that didn't need to leave Albury. Yeah. Wodonga or the region to go to some to get cancer treatment that in the past probably would have had to have negotiated even more strenuous conditions. Yeah. Just or maybe maybe not even able to do it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So thank you. Some serious shit. Yeah, <laughs> thank yeah, you. Yeah, thank for you sure. for jumping on board no, with this. No, it feels good to be able to do something like um, that. Because um, you're the person you're a you're a big oversharer. On your socials, and as soon as I saw that, I thought I want. Well, you, you can't be reserved with a beard and mo like that. You've got to be. Well, a, I would say, is it like people, a cloak ah, for well, you? Well, if I grew hide. it, if I grew it, it probably would be. So you're probably right. It's an identity you can hide. I'm not saying that you do hide behind it, but it's like your identity that you. Luckily, you do have personality as well, but you probably wouldn't need to with a beard like that. You can just get away with just walking down the street. Yeah. This bland. It's something I've been wondering <laughs> when I used to see the aesthetic side of Doll Hut and Dude Hut. And I always thought it was such a... Now, having met you particularly, Chris, it's obviously it's the sort of aesthetic that is just you've, an outgrowth of you as a person and your realised how weird I really am. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I'm sure that there were certain people that probably viewed a lot of the the aesthetic side of those two businesses early on as maybe nostalgic for the sake of being nostalgic. mm how did you deal with those sorts of uh, – because if you want to describe for the listener what maybe the aesthetic is. It's yeah, just, that's really interesting. Because when you uh, said you were a mo- worked on motors and yeah. you love old cars, it was like ping in my head. I'm like, so, yeah. much, so much makes sense now. Yeah, it was sort of just that whole culture and that vibe that we're into, I suppose. And the, the way it all came about was I was actually at a, a swap meet down in Bendigo or Ballarat and – at a car swap meet, and I, I came across this painting that was an airbrush painting of uh, uh, by David Perry. It's a it's a nineteen fifties print, and it's 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 called Amanda, and it's a it's a, a a chick sitting on the front of a hot rod outside the Dole Hut, which is a rock and roll venue in Anaheim. And I've actually been I've just been there recently, which was pretty cool. But um, <laughs> just it's as a, an aside, it's a, yeah. it's a pretty <laughs> famous painting. And I just kept look, walking past this painting all all weekend, going, "Geez, I love that painting." And it was fairly expensive. And I'm like, "Oh well, I'll see if I've got any money at the end of by the time I've finished pu- buying car parts." And <laughs> it was still there at the end of the at the end of the weekend. And I'm like, "No, nah, I'm going to buy that." There was something about it, you know. I just had to have it. So then uh, we were looking at another another premise for a for a uh, hair salon at the time. And when I got it home and I pulled it out of the wrapper and I showed Marty, she's gone, "Doll hut." She goes, that's a great name for a, for a salon. And I'm like, whoa, yeah. yeah. And so so what I'd purchased it for was, and then she just saw that name and we're like, wow, that's just a moment, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, not long after that, I was cruising through, I had a shed down in South Albury and I was cruising through a roundabout and I saw this little hair salon and I'm like, oh, that's cool. That's like a little hut. Yeah. And <laughs> lo and behold, like it was just the, the planets aligned Yeah. and the, the girl that, owned it, rang Marty like two days later and said, uh, my business is for sale. I heard you're looking for somewhere. Do you, do you want to, you know, buy? Wow. Uh, so we're like, <laughs> wow. So, yeah, because yeah. it was Dole Hut, we're like, right, let's clad the place in cedar, yeah. uh, rough sawn cedar cladding, make it look like an old hut from the outside, like an old, but inside was all girly. So we had, you know, beautiful chase lounges and beautiful curtains. And so it was really girly and beautiful on the inside with, you know, beautiful wallpaper and, 
So that was really good. That was a bit of fun. And I sort of love creating those spaces and I've got a vision in my head of, you know, what I want to create. And that ran well. And then we sort of, I saw that whole barbering uh, scene evolve, you know, it was happening in Melbourne and Sydney and that whole culture. And because I was sort of into the cars and the that side of thing, I'm like, man, no one's done that here in Albury. And I'm like, I had my eye on that, that shop we're in at the moment on the corner of David Street and Smollett Street. And I'm like, man, that's a cool shop. I like that shop. That's a cool barber shop. I like uh, the shape. And again, yeah. it just I like the like, shape of that one. <laughs> again, the planets aligned, and it was just I was walking past one day, and there was a you know the girl that had it previous to us. You know, uh, I'm I'm not here. I'm at home. Da 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 da. Here's my number. And the next day, it was like for lease or something. And I'm like, right, let's just take the lease on this place. And I said, Marty, I reckon this barbering thing's going to just take off. So. We were lucky. We got in at the right time, and um, yeah. you know we had some great. We've had some great staff, and a lot of the staff that we've had have actually gone on to you know open their own shops, yeah. which is cool. So it's just created that whole network in in Albury, Wodonga, um, and and so yeah, we did. So when we did that, we were like, well, Dole, we've got Dole Hut. So what are we going to call this other place? I'm like, well, it's got to be Dude Hut. <laughs> so we yeah, Dole Hut and Dude Hut and. Yeah. Uh, did the same thing with with the dude hut that's all cladded, you know, with the cedar again, and we've done the beautiful uh, mural of um, of Amanda on on the wall in the shop. So that's the painting I was talking about earlier on. So we had a couple of local artists, Kate Bland and Cade Fielder. So Kate's done a lot of work around town. He's a guy that's done the stuff at Anthony's Butt House. Uh, it's called Riverside Meats now. Yeah. Um, over in Wodonga. He's done a lot of the big murals around town. Yeah, right. So to have those two guys do that, and it was sort of one of the biggest or the first collabs they'd done together, and that's a really cool piece of artwork we've got in the shop. So that's sort of just stuff like that that made it more unique, you know, and then then we busted out the wall and we put another couple of chairs next door and we've put the grave before shave shop in there so we've got the yeah. all the beard products and we didn't have a lot of space for retail so we took that shop over and you know that's got the apparel and the, and the products in there and then you know then the, the landlord kept seeing us uh, you know make these uh, make these renovations and these changes <laughs> hey do you want the shop next door so then then two fingers became available so yeah, right. And then that's sort of when we pushed into that area and um, and we did the reno with two fingers and um, yeah look and that's been fantastic it's, I, I just get I get a lot of uh, enjoyment out of seeing people come in and look around the place and go wow I didn't know this place was here yeah. um, and you know visited and we've been lucky we've had you know postcards came through and did a, did a segment on us and yeah it's been really nice to be able to sort of share that space so there's plenty more to come there's plenty more in the in the think tank. And we've got some projects on the yeah. on on the board. So, um, well, that just sounds like he's pitching to come back on another episode, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, <laughs> he wants he wants another episode. Either, I like these yeah. couches; are very yeah. comfy. Yeah, they are comfy. So amazing when you just to start from just thinking. Obviously, you're a man that dreams big, and you've got an entrepreneurial streak. So many of these things may have been happened anyway in some iteration, but to think that it was. What I noticed most is this constant, beautiful aesthetic that's through everything where it's harmonious across all the brands and it just seems to come from you guys as people out. That all stems back to a random picture that you had to go back for a couple of Mm. times at a car show. Yeah, 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 that's right. And if you didn't have any money left at the end of the weekend, would you have had that conversation and would there be a dull hut? Like, I know it's reverse causality, but it's yeah, just... Yeah, that's right. That's, that's <laughs> interesting. It might have just been called Magia's Hair Salon or something like that. Yeah. And then there might not have been a, you know, what's the male version of Madge? Madge's hut. Yeah. I don't know. Man, man Madge's, oh, yeah. yeah, shave shop. Home, Homer's, 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 yeah, exactly. Homer's cuts. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's so cool. Um, one other little thing I'd just like to touch on. I want to make sure we reiterate how important this um, beard drop, ball drop is. Bearded ball drop. Terry. Terry, for Terry's Terry. Bearded, bearded ball drop. Is that correct? That's it. Yeah. Um, reason being is I don't think anyone can say that they have not met someone that has been impacted by cancer or something like that. So um, it's an important cause, and I know we don't love to get too heavy all the time, but sometimes you need to to do the heavy lift because Absolutely. people need this. Absolutely. And at the time, yeah. like it's amazing that this has been done, and this is a guy who has fought through it. My um, 
I've also got a my one of my most amazing someone that I very much looked up to when I was very sick was my uncle who had had polio, he'd had pancreatic cancer, he'd had everything and similar like just kept plugging through like he he pushed from behind but led at the front as well and there was nothing that was going to stop him and he also in a similar vein was given F all time to live and he just kept fighting and fighting and fighting and lasted like an extra couple of years and got to see like his first grandson born and all this other stuff. So these facilities around here are very important. So I just want to make sure that people, 20 bucks buys you a ball. Is that right? Yep. And if you can't not have a night out for dinner or a takeaway oh, look, and spend- donate 20 bucks, yep. Yep. then um, like that's four coffees. Yeah. Just put your money aside. Just talk and, to the kids about bypassing their allowance for the week and yeah. you can chip in as a family. And do you know what's funny? Because a lot of kids are a lot more developed, I think, than we give them credit for. And if you explained this situation to them, I'm pretty sure that they would be very happy to donate mm. their allowance as well. Now, on a lighter note, this great space that you have at Two Fingers has a little buzzy live music scene. Yeah, it does. We've yeah, we've been very blessed. We've got some great people, um, you know, backing us and supporting us, and some of the musos that have come out of the woodwork um, since we've sort of started our live jams on Thursdays has been phenomenal. You know, there's yeah, uh, which it's got a great vibe. You know, it's a it's a small space where we can only get fourteen in there at the moment with the COVID restrictions, but. You know, and uh, and and most nights we're probably you know more than fifty percent uh, of our capacity as musos, and you know a, a small sector for punters to come in. But look, we have we have great fun down there. I love it. It's a big release for me. I, I love my music and I love participating uh, down there on a, on a Thursday. So it's something that is is really growing. We you know we've we're looking forward to the end of COVID so we can. Uh, Get some more pundas in there because you know the the, the culture's really outgrowing the petri dish, so to speak. So, I would say this from a that's a good expression. A, I like ref- that. <laughs> a reflective point of view, it's like you just said. Then it's a you love love the feel of the play, but it's an unselfish thing that you're putting on because by allowing that many musicians to come in, you're limiting your potential. Um, income capacity on that night, right? Because you're just basically opening this up as a space for people to come and be able to express themselves and have an outlet, which is an amazing thing for you to do um, because I I don't believe that a lot of other people would have the same capacity to – to go, well, you know what? Not, I'm just going to cut out that. Not if you can have less income. artists and more drinkers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. exactly. And, and look, for us, it's more about the uh, about the music and you know about the vibe. And uh, we've just been so fortunate. We've had some, you know, we've had guys from Queensland touring through that go, "Hey, we hear you've got this little venue that," and next minute they're in there jamming with our guys. And uh, we've had, a, you know, that happened two or three times where we've had. You know, artists that have just found out about our venue and they've come to the area or they're traveling through and they're going, Hey, we hear you guys do music. And uh, for me, that's just such a buzz. And to yeah. see, you know, some nights we'll have six or eight musos in there. We've got keys, we've got horns, we've got, you know, guitars, drums. drums. It's, it's, yeah. it's, um, it's quite phenomenal. And some of the artists that are coming down to play, you know, some old school Aubrey talents coming out, um, and you know we've got electric fiddles and we've got all sorts of yeah, crazy instruments starting really to come cool. out of the woodwork, which awesome. is pretty cool, you know. And it is a very welcoming environment because I popped my head in the other night and Dean Hatani asked me if I sung, which was madness, really. But I think at one point, if someone else hadn't have turned up, he would have tried to pull me up on stage. So <laughs> there's no. Um, judgment on ability there. Absolutely. It's, it's very much we, yeah. everyone is welcome. We don't care whether you're top rung, bottom rung, middle rung. Everyone's got to start somewhere. Yeah. And um, and that's it's that's what we want as an environment to nurture, you know, especially young talent. And, you know, music's a thing where a lot of people, they go to music because they may be having some issues or they, yeah. they, they, 
so to help nurture those people through and not and not put them down go hey get up and have a have a go um and but we're lucky because it is a small venue we we've got that that ability to do that you know if we're a massive uh, a massive venue where people felt more intimidated uh it it may be different but yeah. it, we, we can keep that you know intimate vibe because we're we're up close and personal with the with the musos and um you know having a couple of drinks always helps as well yeah right, that's a, a where, bit of artificial bravery <laughs> that's where my fault is i had a coffee instead of a whiskey so <laughs> oh you just would have sang really really fast <laughs> yeah that's exactly right well Thank you so much for your yeah, time. Thanks, no, thank so you. Really, it's, it's been a pleasure. It's really, been uh, great chatting. I really appreciate it. Now, can we just get a list of all your socials? There's a big one. It's a yeah, big Yep. Yeah. So, um, so Dude Hut is Dude Hut at uh, – so we've got uh, Dude Hut Instagram, Dude Hut Facebook, Grave Before Shave is on Facebook uh, and on Instagram, uh, Poseidon Distributors. Uh, Instagram and Facebook, uh, Two Fingers Whiskey Bar, Instagram and Facebook. Um, it's got them all covered. So do you need a drink and a breath? <laughs> you might have to go have a drink back at one, the bar. One Three Cabs is there. And the reason that we have you here, is that that's it? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's it. what I was yeah. going to say. Oh, I don't want to yeah. cut you off before you. Um, the reason that we had you in on here today for Terry's Big Bearded Ball Drop. Jump on their Facebook page. Uh, the 21st of November is when that ball drop is going to be happening. Just have a bit of a read. Look at some of the, the videos that are on there. It's a very worthwhile cause for the Aubrey Wodonga community and surrounds. So It's an excellent cause. Yeah. And I guess if the wife, Chris, ever asks you why, if you're ever going to shave, you can just remind her that you own a business together called Grave Before Shave. <laughs> <laughs> Righto. Thanks, mate. Thanks, Thank you. See you later. Thanks, listeners. Thank you. Bye. Wowzers. That was cool. Terry's big bearded ball drop. Impressive cause. The name doesn't live up to where my brain took it, though. <laughs> I think... It's probably a good thing it doesn't live up to anything. True, true, true. <laughs> true, true. I'm really glad we got to get him on because he has a lot of fingers in a lot of pies. Two fingers, possibly. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. It was just right there. Uh, true. I didn't even I didn't even try and lead you into that. Okay. That, you, I thought that was T-ball. No. Okay. No, well, not I'll, at all. I'll take that one then. Not at I all. I heard that. <laughs> um, yeah, and... There's more to come from this guy. He's just not just sitting there on the couch talking to us about all these causes and great businesses. It feels like his brain is ever evolving and just looking for more more work to do pretty yeah, much. it sounds like that's what he wants. How do I sleep even less than 40 hours a week? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And do you know what else? I'm just going to segue this into something. He's quite a, he's quite a smiley, like genuine person, right? Yes. Behind the beard, which could be intimidating. He's quite a genuine. Yeah, super happy. Yeah. Up, kind of up sort of dude. Yeah. Uppity guy. On my way here today, I've got a supreme issue that has come out in this world and it's starting to really bug me a little bit. Yeah, you turned up and you're a little bit. Agitated. Agitated, yes. Yeah. What is the problem with people and receiving smiles? So I run around and if I'm walking past someone, I smile at them whether I know them or not because I just feel like or if something about what they're doing is good, I'll just smile at them as a form of recognition and engagement. And Sorry, my I, stomach is just growling. <laughs> at my smiling? Is your, 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 I had a physical reaction to this story. <laughs> well, what is it? Because I do it and people either glare at me, look down or just are suspicious. Okay, so the only I don't honestly know okay. the only the only thing that you did say in there that kind of makes me think maybe you're catching them unawares is yes. that you don't know them and yeah. you're smiling maybe like you do know them. So maybe you're making them think, "Oh shit, she knows me. I do not know who she is." Maybe. Well, there was a chick that was driving past. She had like a motor scooter thing, right? And I was like, "That's cool. I'd really want to have a go on that." And she had a kid on her lap she drove past and I just smiled at them like you guys are cool and she just like snarled at me oh a snarl 
Well, yeah, wow. what I would okay. epitomise as a snarl. But then a lot of time, I will say this, people do respond to a smile. But I did. I had a bad run of smile reactions today. <laughs> I could tell. And I'm not happy about it. It's like it's chipped away at you a little it bit. It has chipped away at me because I'm just trying to be a happy person. Here's the thing about it. I don't think I'm used to it happening so much regionally because generally regional people are quite friendly, right? If you like reach out and talk to them, then they reciprocate. When I was living in the city, in Sydney, I would smile and talk to everyone. And I feel like they thought that I had some hidden agenda behind it. Like you're about to open your coat and sell them a watch or something. Yeah, like what is the purpose behind her actually just yeah. engaging and being a nice person? Yeah. yeah. I don't like it. No, it doesn't need it's, to be suspicious. It's pretty funny how fussy people can be because there's a certain amount of cordiality that people would expect from everybody. Yeah. And if you don't, if you're not as nice as what they want, they're yeah. going to hate you. Yeah. But if you're the even 1% too nice and it doesn't seem justified, yeah. if you're leaning, I'm going to be nice as opposed to not nice, you run the risk of people thinking you've got something up and running. It's exactly right. It's like there's an agenda behind what I'm doing and it's not. It's usually I'm just bored. Well, there is an agenda. Your agenda is you don't want to be an F-wit. Well, that's exactly right. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's just – maybe I took too much smile effort. Is it potential that you – could get away with just being as friendly without the physicality of being friendly. Potentially. See, or I, th- is it just I feel like simple- this is part of your problem that you've projected onto me. I'm going to tell you why right now. God, it's because go. I used to be a winker. I'm a winker as well. I know you're a winker. And I'm going to call you a former winker. A former winker. So I think that you having a, this issue and it's also – when it was brought up about my my winking thing, because I tended to smile with too much effort, so I would walk down the street and just wink at people. <laughs> well, that's even worse. <laughs> so I think once you brought that to attention, that potentially that's like someone trying to crack onto you or yeah, whatever. I can't believe that you thought that <laughs> smiling was a, a, a step up from winking. Winking is at the pinnacle of weird person behaviour. It's absolutely not. And I feel like it's because I embody like a 60-year-old man inside. Like yes. that's, that's how. I'm happy we've <laughs> finally gotten to the truth here. <laughs> because that's what they do, right? Like if you hang on and do a little wink as you pass them in the hallway or something. Yeah. And I hang around a lot of people of that age and maybe because I identify this sounds like a really weird counselling session, but <laughs> because of I identify in that like genre of people that I just think that it's okay for this little blonde chick to walk down the street winking at people going, there you go. Smile at you, smile at your kid, wink at your boyfriend. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's me just saying hello. See, the thing about a misplaced smile <laughs> or even just a misplaced wave is that it can never be taken as anything but, oh, they're a bit over-friendly. Yeah. But a misplaced wink. There's no intention behind it. No, but intention doesn't matter when you're throwing out a wink. But, see, I don't want to change my traits, and my traits are 60-year-old man, not PC, just does what he likes, Um, and the winking thing is just a friendly thing that I do. Or did, formerly did, <laughs> until you made such a big issue about if, it that it made you uncomfortable or something like that. If if that's the worst thing that I ever do to you as friends, yeah, something that I see is only a positive, <laughs> you should be thankful that you met me. Oh. There's no one at home thinking, that bastard stole her wig. <laughs> no. How could he do that? Here's where I think, because after I addressed it in my head when you brought it up, I was like, have I been just running around cracking on to half of Aubrey Wodonga without realising? And you're just sitting there nodding, going, yes, you were. By accident, <laughs> obviously. No. Well, not intentionally. I was just nah. feel like lifting your hand up sometimes and like there's a lot of muscles in your face, Josh. In your, around your mouth is one of the – it takes more muscles to frown than it does to smile, but there's a lot of muscles involved. Yeah. So <laughs> a wink is an easy – I reckon everyone should do so it. So you're basically angry at the world because they don't see the economy of a wink over a smile. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> don't you realise I'm conserving energy it's over here? It's an energy economy and it's just like a little 
thing and you just don't want to, if you're in a confined space, if it's a crowded hallway or anything, which now makes it even seem worse if you're there just tipping your head and winking yeah, at well, people. Yeah, well, you're doing a full head tip and a wink. Yeah, because I've got like... Can I give you a... This is I'm not great at winking. This is... When I've, re- <laughs> when I've received winks in my time that were friendly, hey, how you going, winks, or good on you sort of winks. <laughs> yeah. If you pair the wink with another less threatening physical gesture, like a thumbs up, yeah, it kind of 50-50s the wink. Cancels it out, yeah. yeah so if I wink and do that <laughs> as a, a double up, it's not as, I don't know, for the lack of a term, the wink can very easily be interpreted as a sexualized gesture. Yes. Um, it's not from me. So no. if Well, that... you wouldn't want to be the amount that you were winking. <laughs> So, yeah. Talking about muscles, you'd literally wink to the point you'd built up little bi-winking sept muscles on your face. Bi-winking sept muscles, yeah. How much do you lift? <laughs> Just my lashes. <laughs> yeah. He's sitting there winking at a guy and he thinks he's in. Oh, it's more like a, what's what's that twitch thing going on? What's that, <laughs> God, she's strange. What's that weird twitchy thing that's going on? Nah, it's usually... To strangers. <laughs> Are we, just to finish up today, because we've gone way off course, do you think that it might be worth, you know how there's those big websites on Facebook that they do pranks? Yeah. Can we film you? Winking. In, winking at a whole street full of people just to get a vibe on it. Yeah. And we maybe will get someone to follow us down the street behind us so they don't look like, and then pull those people up and ask how they felt about the wink later. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. It's a natural thing for me. Yeah. To me, a wink is Release basically... Release me into the wild with my winks. To me, the wink is basically a non-physical butt pat. <laughs> <laughs> I nearly swore then because there is no way. Like, okay, that's not true at all because if you went on a football field, right, and you're with your teammates and someone's kicked a goal, they're not going to walk up to them and wink at them. Exactly, because it's worse than a butt pat. That's exactly the point. It's literally <laughs> worse than being patted on the butt. Yeah, well, you're welcome to everyone who's ever received one. Yeah, well, you're welcome to everyone that I've stopped it from doing it. So, punchingsideways.com. There won't be anyone winking at you there, I don't think, hopefully, unless we get some videos up. Yeah. If you want to see Mel do the wink walk, let let us know about that because we'll make it happen if you want to see it. (laughs) And if you want to support the show, just click on a button there and buy us a coffee, which we appreciate. Yes, thank you. And we won't inbox you with winky videos. (laughs) Just an emoji yeah. occasionally. That's my favourite emoji as well. Can we dress you up as a koala and call you Winky Billy? <laughs> Sorry. That was the worst joke of all time and I just couldn't land it. A little bit of Winky Bill. <laughs> right. <on. laughs> See you, everybody.